0: Welcome to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On the Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On the Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On the Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, I'm talking with Nicole Dorsey, award-winning filmmaker. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the See It, To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, founder of On The Dot, whose mission is to lead women to success through stories and actionable advice from role models. And the key here is these role models are relatable role models. They're women just like you and me. And today is no exception. We have another wonderful woman to talk to about her path and learn from her path. Today, we welcome Nicole Dorsey, and she is an award-winning director for film and TV commercials. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you today, Nicole. Hello. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Well, and the first thing that I like to do is I like to go way back. So tell us when you were growing up, what was your big dream? What did you think you'd be doing when you grew up?
1: Well, you know, it's maybe it's not funny, but I always wanted to be a director. I was an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone and storytelling became a big part of my playtime I guess, inadvertently, I was blocking with my Ninja Turtle figurines from a very early (laughs) age. Um, And I don't know what sparked it. I just remember going to my parents when I was like eight or so and said I wanted to be a director. There was a brief stint. I mean, that's that's what I find so funny. My parents are not in the industry. I didn't really see anyone else doing it. Even when I was going through film school, I had no idea how to make it a reality. But it was just something that I wanted. Maybe it was I knew they were storytellers and they got to tell people what to do. And that's probably where my knowledge ended. There was a brief stint too where I thought maybe I'd be a criminal lawyer (laughs) as well. Okay. Okay. Random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was really always film. And then I got really into theater and photography through my teens. Spent a lot of time either in the dark room. My high school had a whole facility, which was awesome. So I really understood celluloid very early on. And then in the theater, I wrote plays and directed plays and was head of the stage crew and did improv. So after that, I went directly into film school. I mean, it was a clear path in terms of knowing knowing what I wanted, but then a very complicated and difficult path to actually get there. Very interesting.
0: So tell us about what you're working on now, because I know you just had a new film release in September, was it?
1: Yeah, my feature Black Conflux played TIFF. We had our world premiere there in September, and now we're doing our festival circuit for the next little bit before hopefully a limited theatrical release. Oh, very
0: cool. And so tell us a little bit about the film and what inspired you to do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been working on this film forever. The idea came to me in 2010. I was hitchhiking through Newfoundland, which is off the East coast of Canada, and was just really struck by this idea of hitchhiking and how did two people from seemingly different worlds meet? And I was also very interested in true crime. So then how did two people that don't know each other meet in this sort of catastrophic way? And the story then morphed into a story about identity and isolation and what masculinity is and femininity. And it's all set in the 1980s (laughs) Um, in this psychological drama.
0: Hmm, Sounds very intriguing. Well, I I hope it does get a release so we can all see it.
1: Yeah. It's it's dark. It's haunting. It's twisting. Yeah. (laughs) Like
0: all the good things.
1: Yeah. I hope so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. So, I'd like to kind of talk about just being a woman in this industry. Did you ever, or do you even still now, feel like you weren't taken seriously? You know, and have you faced any discrimination or any particular hurdles you feel like, you know, is being a woman in this industry?
1: I mean, of course. I don't know if any woman that's been in it for a while (laughs) hasn't faced that. I mean, very early on, I got a lot of. I'd say head pats of maybe when you grow up where I'd watch my peers who, we had similar accolades in at festivals and, and whatever, but when I'd enter a meeting, it wasn't the oh young fresh face ingenue, Let's give her a chance. Let's give her some money. It was you know maybe one day. Whereas I watched my male peers receive a lot more <laughs> support or encouragement. Yeah, and I, I think very early on too, I didn't even know this was possible to be a director as a career. When I got out of film school, I mean I grew up in the suburbs. I, I didn't grow up surrounded by filmmakers or anything. So I really was like, oh, is Catherine Bigelow the only you know, feature director <laughs> making a living at it? I was very naive. And of course, there's countless women that have done it for a very long time that are incredible, but that was how narrow my scope was of understanding. So I thought it was very difficult to actually have a career. So I did many other jobs within film while just making shorts and other things on the side. But I think now perseverance is definitely key in this industry. And I think now I like to go forward as much as I can not referring to myself as a woman. Yeah, I'm so tired of phone calls where it's like, oh, we're so excited to talk to a female director. I'm like, oh boy, do you say that to the males? It feels like it's a, a label so that everyone can pat themselves on the back now for talking yep. to me or like I have a special waiver to enter into a space because I'm a woman and I don't feel like it's a special waiver because I've worked, you know, over a decade to get to where I am now. It wasn't like I was able to walk in the door simply because of, you know, identifying as a woman. It's a complicated space that I'm glad the pendulum is swinging, but I'm also very excited to move on from constantly being referred to as a woman Mm. and just being a director. That's all I want. Unfortunately, I think that's probably a long time coming,
0: you know, for all of us and just in in any industry, you know, there certainly is still a pretty big uphill battle. But Mm -hmm. I think that the things that you're doing and so, you know, countless women and getting that recognition and continuing to push and to persevere is critically important. And one thing that you said struck me is you sort of talked about, what is Catherine Bigelow being, Mm -hmm. is she the only director? And of course there are many others, but it's sort of this, see it to be it, Concept is they're not getting the recognition. So they're out there, they're doing the work, they're doing great work, but they're not getting that recognition. I think that we see that in so many places. So you know, I think that you actually tweeted once, I have a quote here that says, it's hard to become what you don't see. And of course, that's our whole concept. It's the name of our podcast the See It To Be It podcast and something that we're super passionate about, you know, and trying to highlight. So I guess that in terms of opportunities for women in your industry, I mean, do you see those increasing? Do you feel like there's enough opportunity? And why is it important to have female representation?
1: I do feel a shift. I think I feel the biggest shift in television. I think we're seeing a lot more women directing episodic these days. I do feel a shift in features. I think the difference, though, is the budget level and whether you're involved in studio films and franchise films, because obviously that is (laughs) what the mass public is going to be seeing. And I feel the least shift in the commercial world. I feel like commercials are still incredibly dominated by men. There have been amazing initiatives, Free the Bid, which became Free the Work. That was incredible. And obviously I work in commercials, so I was able to work kind of within agencies that had signed up for that and seen a shift. But voices that are outside the sort of norm of are so important because like I said in that tweet, you can't become what you don't see. And also we all as viewers want to see part of our stories on screen. And I'm not saying that only a woman can direct a woman's story. I don't believe that because I for sure want to be able to tell stories that feature a lead male as well, but it's just another perspective. It's another life experience. There are universal experiences that women have that we can bring to film but my experience is not going to be the same necessarily as another woman's of course we grew up differently different places so i just it's about more voices to me so that a little kid that never saw you know themselves on screen and feel so alone somewhere can learn from that. I mean, I have red hair. And when I was a kid, it was like, I grasped, it was like, oh, the Little Mermaid, which is another topic of the story. But I was like, oh, she has red hair. I can identify with her. That could be me. Da da da, and that's just like a physical thing. But for an emotional and character art it's just we need more voices. And we also have learned very quickly that it pays off, right? You know, mm-hmm. the Farewell did incredibly well at the box office. Black Panther did incredibly well at the box right. office. Wonder Woman, you know, it's not a risk that we've been okay. told by executives to have, you know, voices that are either female or non-binary or people of color. It pays off financially.
0: Well, and it's interesting because that translates directly into the corporate and entrepreneurial world as well, just in general that, you know, now all the research is out, you know, it's in black and white now showing that companies that have women in leadership positions are more profitable and entrepreneurial ventures, you know, women, they raise less money, but they actually spend less for a higher return. I mean, it's out there now. This is exactly that. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter the industry or what you're doing, but I think that's sort of that enlightenment of, look, this is a good thing for everyone because the biggest newsflash is that, you know, when women do well, Our economies do well because we pump money back into the economy and we pump money back into our families and to, you know, our just organizations and, you know, it's just important to the ecosystem.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I think that it has been this myth that was created that women are a risk and that's just so that the powers can hold on to their power. I don't know where that information has ever come from (laughs) because we have learned to work with so little. You know, women, women were big in film when film first took off until there was money involved and then men wanted power and women stopped directing because of that and then moved into doc mainly because that had less money. So it's just been this false narrative for so long that we can't handle ourselves or whatever it is because there's no proof of it anywhere and there's just proof of the opposite. Absolutely.
0: I want to circle back around to commercials. Because, you know, I've seen, you know, several and just, you know, that are really focused on women's empowerment. So companies are really kind of embracing that mantle and, and talking about, you know, the Nike commercial, of course, comes to mind. I mean, Walmart even did a commercial and Audi. I think Audi was one of those first commercials a couple of years ago. You know, what do I tell my daughter? Do I tell her she's less than? I mean, it was, it was so impactful. So I, I just was wondering if you've ever worked on those types of commercials and sort of, you know, what you're seeing being out there with these companies, you know, producing them?
1: I have mixed feelings on both sides. I think in terms of being a viewer, I think that it's great. It's really important to have that messaging out there as a viewer so that, yeah, young women feel empowered coming up. They also feel like they're part of the conversation and uh, have a voice. I think on the other side, you know, it's a little bit difficult really um uh, Because these companies, not all of them really care about female empowerment. A lot of them, it's a bandwagon to jump on. And I won't name names, but I have worked on one and, you know, it's all about women empowerment. And yet I didn't get paid. Mm. Right. And uh, yeah. And I've pitched on other ones where I've, been told this is a women's initiative, blah, blah, blah. And we do a really good pitch. They love the ideas. And then the actual directing job goes to a man who's, you know, been in the industry for 20 odd years and has quite a successful career, but that's the person given the chance. So it's a little bit of lip service. It's a little bit of the ad game. I think on that side, it's it's pretty tricky because overall, I'm very happy those messages are out there because that's important for the public. But I think it can be a little bit (laughs) slimy on the other side. Sure. I absolutely agree with
0: that. And and certainly, you know, see that in in my work as well. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, mentorship and guidance, you know, as a female entrepreneur and, and out there and someone who doesn't have a ton of role models in your industry, where do you look for mentorship or for guidance to kind of help you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, unlike when I was, you know, young coming up and didn't know other filmmakers as well. I think now, I mean, there's just so many talented people when I was at TIFF, I met Anna Lily Amrapour whose work I've followed for a while since she made her first feature. And I think she's incredible. I mean, you look at Ava DuVernier and what she's doing, not just at a directorial level, but at a producing level. And I mean, she's insanely talented and just a force and a complete force of nature. And then Celine Scamma, French filmmaker, her work has inspired me for a long time. And even somebody like P.T. Anderson, I mean, I've loved his work and definitely find it inspiring. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on, but then there's just some powerful women as well, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, watching what she's done and I'm Canadian. So I've been in the States for about four years now. And Yeah, to watch her as well kind of step up into this mold and break it and question people and put people on the spot to be accountable. And she's young too, you know? Oh my gosh, she's so intelligent and gutsy and bold. And, you know, somebody like her, I definitely look up to. You know, I don't work as an activist, I guess. And I wish that I did more of my part, but I guess I looked to filmmaking of what kind of social messages can I bring to the material that I'm creating? And that's my way of participating in the conversation to always try and be socially conscious with my messaging and especially with my last film. There's a lot of motifs in there that contribute to current conversations, but definitely her work inspires me greatly. Mm, That's awesome.
0: What's sort of a piece of advice that you always live by or best piece of advice that you've gotten over the years that really has driven you?
1: I really think that it's for most of us, it doesn't happen overnight. I think that, like I said earlier, perseverance is the biggest part of this field of working in film because you get little wins. You know, you'll have a moment. I don't, I guess it's you're never really set. You have a moment, you have some success. It's very exciting. Everything that you've worked for, there's maybe some recognition in there, but then you got to pump something else out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to do something else. And a lot of things fall through. And I don't know, when I look at the careers that I really admire, a lot of the people are older than me and you know, they had a lot of failures or a lot of struggle. So all part
0: of the process, all part of it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: absolutely. Well, as we kind of close up here, we like to do a little speed round just to get to know a little bit more about you personally.
1: Yeah. So um, what does your morning routine look like? I get up, I put tea on. I have a green tea every morning. And then I do some TM, which is Transcendental Meditation. Drink my tea, answer emails, write, and then go for a hike usually.
0: Wow, that's awesome. What are you currently reading or listening to?
1: I am listening to a podcast called Through Line, which I love. I'm listening to Angel Olsen's new album, Anderson Pack, and I'm reading a book called Boomer's One. Mm, very good. And
0: what's one thing that you can't live without?
1: I would say probably nature. I mean, I live in the city, so I definitely need to get out and have fresh air and be amongst some trees. That's, okay. that's definitely a priority in life.
0: No, oh, that's awesome. And so tell our listeners where they can find out more about you, where they can find out more about maybe trying to see some of your films and follow what you're doing and what you're up to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have a website, which is just NicoleDorsey.com. And also Black Conflux, my film is com, And that's where we have updates on screenings. And also there's an Instagram by the same name, Black Conflux Film on Instagram and I believe we're on Facebook as well.
0: Well, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing with us today and telling us your story. And we're excited to see what you do next. I know there's an Oscar in your future somewhere. That's what I'm predicting for you.
1: I love it. Fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you, Nicole. Really appreciate your time.
1: Great. Thank you so much. For more
0: female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free daily newsletter and audio brief, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Let us know your thoughts or what you wanna hear next from at OnTheDotWoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're here to help you become the best boss babe you are meant to be.